Good evening, Sportsonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglialoro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports Entertainment Radio Network. And, of course, we are rebroadcast and redistributed through all our various podcasting outlets. So thank you for joining us, whether it is Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. As always, we thank you for joining us. No matter how you join us, we got a good show for you tonight. We're joined by Dave Hastings right off the top. Dave, how you doing tonight? Dave? Dave's audio is not on yet for some reason. It's interesting. Well, he's here. Hopefully, he gets his audio on very shortly here. But we got a lot to talk about tonight. There he is. Dave, how you doing? Doing good, Mike. Doing good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. And, of course, we'll be joined by Eric Tressler in a matter of moments. We do have a lot to talk about tonight. Week six of the NFL season is in the books. We got a week of NHL action that's already started here. NBA kicks off tonight, so we'll get into all that. Dave, you're here. Let's start off week six of the NFL. Cowboys are five and one. That was a bit of a close one on Sunday, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a it was a hell of a game. I mean, it was one of those games that uh, I feel like. You know, in the past decade or so, that team would have lost. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like it was. How do you, how do you say it? Um, they skated by. Yeah. Like, but like what, like I said, I mean, it, it was. It was definitely one of those things that, to me, you just, again, uh, over the last decade or even longer, we would have seen that team lose that game. And, and without any question, uh, they would have found, you know, turnovers in the red zone, um, you know, really stupid penalties. Um, I mean, the list kind of goes on and on of the mistakes that they made and like I said, in the past, those were games that that team, were, you know, Cowboys would have lost. But mm-hmm. I think uh, you look at, at this team and they're definitely a a different team than what uh, we've seen over the last several years. And that, that to me, was really the biggest thing I took out of the game um, was that, you know, they fought through the adversity and, you know, did the things that needed to be done to be able to pull off the win. So yeah, I was, uh, I was quite, quite excited to see them pull that off. Cause like I said, I I was so used to after all these years, seeing them blow a game like that, that it was a very nice surprise uh, to see them pull off that win. Mm -hmm. And obviously I, I think Prescott came out of the game with a calf injury. They're calling minor. They're on the bye week now. So we just hope that's okay. But, yeah, for them to be able to pull the game out in overtime was very nice to see. And I, I will say this because we have Cousin David in the chat saying, are you both still predicting the Cowboys to win 9 to 11 games? And then he's like, come on now. And I, I'll, I'll say this. Y'all know my stance when it comes to my teams. I don't use superlatives, and I'm not going to say I'm not going to say superlatives, but he, here's what I'll say. 
because I'm not going to be negative on this team because you guys kind of got on me a little bit for that last week when we thought that maybe it was going to go in that direction. I'll say this. So the last 25 years of Cowboys football have been, you know, for the most part, very painful to watch. But Dave, you know, we've seen 13 and three seasons. We've seen what three of them this century alone. And we know how it goes in the playoffs when they get there. I could see a scenario because the Cowboys are good. We'll talk about the Buffalo game in a little while here. Uh, before Derrick Henry's big night, I think we all kind of thought Buffalo was going to use last night as kind of like their uh, their stepping stone to show that they are legit. Didn't happen. But, I mean, I could see a scenario. Cowboys, you know, run away with the regular season. Maybe they actually get their shit together in the playoffs. Maybe they make a Super Bowl. And then watch the Buffalo Bills show up with the chip on their shoulder going, we want our Super Bowl back, and that that's the end of that. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but you got to yeah. keep in mind, mo- any guy that's on the Buffalo Bills, including most of their coaching staff. Yeah, no, they, I know they, where you – They weren't even, you know, uh, caring about football when, when the last time Dallas uh, beat Buffalo in the Super Bowl. So I, I get that, but they still play for the organization. And because Buffalo hasn't done anything since those four Super Bowls, you're not going to tell me you take on a Buffalo uniform and you don't have to hear that. So I do think, as much as I agree with your point on that, I do think that could play into it. Like, not just this year. Anytime Buffalo gets back to the Super Bowl, you know what the talk, especially from the media, is going to be. So I do feel like that that would kind of play into it a little bit. Maybe it's just me. I, I, I mean, look, the, the NFL would uh, and sp- every sports TV station, radio station – Twitter account, columnist, writer. Yes. Would literally, their mouths would be watering if the Dallas Cowboys made the Super Bowl, no matter who they played. Um, Dallas draws the largest ratings, even when they're not a competitive team. So, (laughs) um, you know, I I think uh, we're a long, 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 long way from – saying this team could win a Super Bowl or, you know, even get to the Super Bowl. But what we can definitely say is that they are, without a doubt, one of the better teams in the NFC. Uh, They Right now, they are up there with, you know, the teams that, uh, whether it's NFC or AFC, they're up there with, you know, the Buffaloes and (laughs) and the Baltimores and the Packers and the Rams. And, you know, but I think – it's going to be interesting because I mean we've seen teams start five and one and finish eight and eight. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so obviously them staying healthy is huge. I, I think what you know, if Prescott's okay with the calf, uh, I, I think that's really the make or break um, mm-hmm. more than anything else. I, I think Dak that that team goes with that, and, and that's the team that. You know, if if something happens to him and he's out for a long period of time, uh, you know, I think you see a a huge decline in their success and performance. But what what I think has a lot of Cowboys fans optimistic is, you know, their highest and arguably their best defense player, Demarcus Lawrence, isn't even due back for another two three weeks. Um, Michael Gallup, uh, who was the number three wide receiver ahead of Cedric Wilson. Uh, he's due back after the bye week. 
their rookie second round draft pick corner. Uh, I think it's Kelvin Joseph, uh, who yeah. they were pretty high on. He's due back after the bye week. Um, Gallimore, their second year defensive tackle, who really showed some signs towards the end of last year to, to be pretty talented. He's, he's due back at potentially after the bye week. I, I mean, you have, about four to six starters that are on the um, – well, uh, Wilson made it back this past week, so I can't count him anymore. I'd say about four starters or projected starters of this team um, that haven't basically played since week one uh, that are due back or haven't even played this year yet um, that are all due back uh, within the next couple of weeks. So this team actually could be adding more talent. Um which I think if you're uh, an opposing team could be a little bit scary. Um, I kind of, the idea, the, the thought, the concept of seeing Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Greg, Gregory, and, and Micah Parsons rushing the uh, quarterback all at the same time uh, sounds really, really exciting as a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, look, look, I'm not going to get too high, but I'm definitely, definitely surprised with how they've, how well they started. And, and like I said, the biggest thing I take out of that win on Sunday is the team we watched through all those Garrett years. Um, they would have found a way to lose this game, lose this game uh, where, where this team shot themselves in the foot numerous times, had over a hundred yards of penalties, uh, two turnovers inside the 20 yard line in the red zone. Um, and, and they still managed to, to find a way to get a win. Um, and the fact that Diggs got another interception is just insane. Um yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, it was it was nice to see with that. But with that, we'll go to the other extreme here, because Eric Tressler is here tonight. Eric, how you doing? I'm okay. You good? Uh, depends on where you take this. Well, let's let me start it off by saying that I I do have to admit um, it was not a trap game, and Eric was a hundred percent right. Uh, I did pick St. Louis and Survivor, and uh, yeah, all right, you you were right on that, Eric. Did you give any superlatives about the Cowboys, though? That's right. I did not. I, well, here's the deal: you missed it. It's not that I gave a superlative, but I talked about a scenario I could see, and this was obviously because I was talking to people about this before last night's game. A scenario where the Cowboys do well in the regular season get through the playoffs, make the Super Bowl, and then they have to take on the Buffalo Bills and they lose in the Super Bowl. And that's the closest you're getting to a superlative out of me. Uh. I, I, I mean, excited. Eric, Eric it, is, it is a step in the right direction for him. <laughs> Just saying. That's as good as you're going to get out of me. But um, oh, Well, you're about to get the same out of me with the Giants. The Giants – suck and we don't need to say anything further they just fucking flat out suck Both but how do you really ball. feel suck. how do you re- how do you really they, feel no, that's how you really feel <laughs> how every giant fan feels no judge sucks gentleman's a lame duck guy just sitting in the front office waiting until the end of the year because they won't pull the trigger before that this whole season is already lost it's hockey and basketball season now, and that's not really that exciting to me because they're like my third and fourth favorite favorite. So um Kind of sucks. Got to be honest. So uh, the Giants suck. I don't really feel the need to go into any more detail about that. You could just watch the game and see for yourself. I mean, 
can't really point out any good aspects of this team. I dare you to try. And but let me ask you something. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Is it just that you know you bring guys like Aaron Donald on that defense, and we know the Giants, you know, don't have a good offensive line. Credit to the fact that the Rams just have a really good team. No, Giants suck. Okay. You watch them, okay. they suck. Fair enough. The Rams are good, yes. I'm not, not denying that. That's why they also kicked the crap out of the Giants. So it wasn't a trap game. Because they are good. And the Giants suck. All right. Let's let's move on. I'll let you guys go. Where else do you guys want to go week six? Anything else you guys saw you guys want to talk about this week? Jacksonville got their first win. And Tua was back. Tua did come back, and Jacksonville still won. Nothing yeah, right. awkward one in game. Nah, I didn't wake up at 9.30 in the morning to watch it, I got to be honest. Neither did I. Dave, you were saying something? Yeah, I wouldn't have woken up at 9.30 in the morning. I mean, the Cowboys are literally the only NFL team that would get me to wake up that early in the morning to watch a football game. So, um, definitely did not watch that game, but... I, I think, look, but honestly, the bigger thing I take out of that game is that, like, this is the same Miami team that, like, I don't think anybody expected them to beat Buffalo for the division. But a lot of people thought they might be, you know, competitive, um, sure. at least, you know, pushing for, you know, nine and eight, like at least being a, an above 500 team. And uh, it, it, they just they're not good. They, they have not looked good all year. Um, yes, they've dealt with some injuries, but still they have really, really struggled this year. Um, they've really been inconsistent in basically every phase of the game. And, and you just look at them and you kind of wonder to yourself, like, is this team like was last <laughs> year kind of more of just a fluke year for them? Or is this a team that's just having a down year? But I, I, it's hard to sit there and watch this team right now and think to yourself that they really – there's any signs that they have the ability to turn around what they, what's going on. How much of the rose does this take off the bloom for a guy like Brian Flores? Because I feel like the last couple of years he's really gotten a pass for things. This was kind of – like Judge, this was in many ways, let's see what you got. We've given you plenty of leeway. And now, like you said, you look at what Miami hasn't been able to do this year. I don't think they're going to pull the trigger and let him go at the end of the season. But at the very least, Flores would be considered like one of the best up-and-coming coaches the last three years. Just got to take a little shine off that, don't you think? Oh, it, it 100% does. But it, it, it's it, – I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where like some people that might look at him as a coach might say, well, look at you know the talent he's working with. So – I mean, they signed Will Fuller in the offseason, add to the wide receiving core, and Will Fuller goes down before training camp. Then he comes back, and he's gone within, like, three plays. Um, yeah. You know, so, so I think I think there are some teams that, you know, GM-wise might look at him and say, hey, like, I'm willing to give him a pass. I'm willing to give him a second chance. But I think most teams are going to look at him and be like, yeah, I think it's better we move you back to a coordinator. Yeah, fair enough. Eric, I don't know if you got anything you want to throw in. You want to bring up something else? Yeah, I'm going to expand a little bit on what Dave was kind of going on there. And uh, I'm going to say something that, that you rarely ever hear me say on this show. And that uh, you're probably not expecting me to say tonight, but I'm ready to call two of a bust. 
I'm I'm okay. ready to yeah. say that un, unfortunately, like he the best ability is availability, and he doesn't seem to have that. He's often injured. You know, he's been injured twice now. You know, I know he was coming off an injury in college, but I mean, again, he wasn't. He was injured in college as well, and I was hoping that maybe it wasn't a durability thing, but it really seems to be a durability thing. And if you're not going to be on the field long enough, last year didn't learn a playbook fast enough. Seems to be mounting things against him. So as much as we could put it on Brian Flores, who drafted him and and did all that, we're also I'm also going to put it right on Tua's shoulders. And eventually, you got to step up and be the leader of the team and start leading them to some wins and start, you know playing good football and when you're losing to Jacksonville I'm sorry there's nothing good about that so I'm ready to call it now I mean two years in and the amount of injuries I'm seeing I don't know if and and with a new head coach coming in pretty much you you know you're not going to see Brian Flores there for much longer I I don't know if Tua makes it much further in the NFL Um, I don't know if he ever makes it up to that an elite status, great quarterback status, and maybe he just ends up being either a journeyman or, or, you know, maybe a guy who's good enough but not really good enough to, you know, to count on. Um, well, well, let me ask you. Let me ask. I don't know. Let me ask you a question here because if you're ready to call to a bust, Jalen Hurts obviously hasn't done too much to distinguish himself with Philadelphia. He's Mac been Jones, better. He's, he's been, been better. better. They still Jones losing. Been though. better. Mac Jones. Mac Jones has, has had no, a pretty good rookie season so far. I'm not well, putting let on me, anything on Mac Jones. Let me ask you something. Leaving those guys out of it for right now, because if you want to say the jury's still out on those two, that that's fine. What yeah, is listen, it about? I mean, you're, you, well, you're hang on, hang on, hang on. Going to be around 500 this year. I mean, I'm not calling that a bust. I'm looking at Tua last year. They were a playoff team, Miami. They were a team that was right there. They were a team that 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 looked like they needed to improve. And they're instead taking a step back, and he's getting injured. Well, Fuller injured, like well, you said, between the injuries and the coaching, I just think that it's time that you know, listen, you got to call it sometimes. And I'm, I'm but let me ask it. you: There's a lot of good young talent in that in that division. That's why. Let me ask you though, because where I was going with this, leaving those two out of it, it does seem like Alabama quarterbacks when they get to the NFL for whatever reason. They just don't wind up producing. Do you think that's an, just an adjustment to the pros? Do you think? Like, no, I mean, why listen, do you think they that make is? It around. I mean, it, listen, it's hard. Though. There's <clears> only 32 <throat> starters in the league, and not many of them are very, you know, very good. So, I mean, to be a coming in the NFL and be a great quarterback is tough to do. So, no, I don't think anything of that. I still think they're great quarterbacks coming out. I still think they have potential. You know, I've watched guys from you know Greg McElroy, AJ McCarron. Um, all have, you know, careers in the NFL as backups and whatever else. I've watched, you know, guys like Hertz now and, and Tua and Mac Jones and, and other guys coming out. Bryce Young is going to be a guy you're going to see highly drafted in the NFL in the next shit. We'll probably, he decides to come out after his junior year, it'll be three seasons. So um, he's a freshman this year, so he can come out of his junior year. Um, but do you but, think yeah, it's it. he'll be the next one? But you're gonna see it. No, but I don't think it's anything. I think they come out pro ready. You know, Saban has a pro style offense. They come out pro ready. I think they just take a lot of reps. I think that you know they play a lot. They play more games because usually they're in the college football playoffs and usually you know maybe get an extra game or two a year in. But no, I don't think it's anything. You know, a knock against the program at all. I think I think they still put out good talent. 
I, I wasn't going to go knock against the program. I was just going to go maybe Saban kind of puts them in a different position. So I don't know if baby is the right word, but it definitely seems like Saban's able to no. do something with those guys no. that the NFL teams aren't able to do. Saban uses them to their full potential. Listen, if you watch them, they throw the hell out of the ball. They run. They, they do everything in college. He doesn't baby any of these guys. The only time maybe he'll bring them in is if they're up 45 to nothing and, you know, he might bring in the backups at that point. But outside of that, he doesn't baby these guys at all. And they play top competition. They play as tough a schedule as anybody else out there. So, yeah, I don't uh, I don't think that it's a babying thing. I think they come out pro-ready. I just think that sometimes it's really – it's the situation you go to, the team you go to, the – you know, that, that kind of thing. You know, sometimes you get drafted to the right spot at the right time. Other times you don't. You know, some guys are meant to be New York guys. Other guys are meant to be, you know, San Diego or now L.A. All right. Fair enough there. Um, Do you have anything else from the games this week you want to bring up? Mm, Not really. Uh, I got to say, I'll bring up Josh Allen getting stopped on fourth and one. There at the end of the game last night, that was uh, something you don't normally see. Normally, he's pretty automatic with those. Um, and to see him kind of like trip and not not get that first down there or, or even the touchdown, um, that, that was a hell of a stop by Tennessee. And I'm going to throw it out there. I think Tennessee is – they're a team that scares the rest of the good teams in the NFL. Like, they're not the best team in the NFL by any stretch. But they're the, I think they're the one team that, like, Kansas City doesn't want to play. Baltimore doesn't want to play. Like, none of these really good teams want to play Tennessee, in my opinion. You know, and it's because they play good defense, and they have a workhorse in Derrick Henry that they can <laughs> turn around and hand the ball 30 to 40 times, and they know he is going to chew up clock and chew up yardage and beat up your defense. And – I just think that they're the you know, one team that everybody is like, man, we don't want to play them because we know it's going to be a close game. It's going to be physical, and we just would rather see somebody else. That's what I think, and that's why I think they won last night. They they have the number for these good teams because they just beat them up. They go smash mouth with Derrick Henry and run it right down their throats, and he he's a tough guy to bring down, man. I got to tell you, he's he's an absolute workhorse. So uh, I think that I, I think that Tennessee uh, are a team that they're hoping doesn't make the playoffs. All these other teams because they scare everybody, in my opinion. Hmm. Well, I mean, Tennessee's kind of developed that reputation over the last couple of years. I will say that when they are right, they are definitely a team nobody really wants to play. Dave, what do you say? Well, yeah. I mean, look, Tennessee has the the two biggest things you don't want to deal with. A quarterback that can run and a running back that can run through you. And when it's all said and done, like, you you know, I I mean, hell, you can look at Dallas as an example. Dallas is a team that if they had to choose, they'd rather run the ball on you than um, throw the ball. But they can throw the ball. But when they run the ball, like, it's it's a balance game between Zeke and Pollard. It's a team that you can – kind of game plan for and actually shut down what they do. Derrick Henry is a guy that you can game plan for weeks 
literally weeks and still not stop him. And not being able to stop him isn't even a knock on your team or on your defense. Not being able to stop him has to do with the fact that the man is just a freak of nature when it comes down to his athletic. I mean, they said it last night of the game. He hit, I think it was 21.8 miles an hour on his 78-yard touchdown run, and it was the fastest time clocked all season on offense or defense. I'm sorry, but a man his size should not be the fastest guy in the NFL. And I'm not saying, you know, he's going to beat Tyreek Hill in a 40-yard dash sprint. I'm just saying he shouldn't be that damn fast for his size. And, and, you know, one of the things we've always laughed about and we've talked about on this show is, you know, guys that make business decisions. Tackling Derrick Henry in the open field as a corner or a safety, that is a business decision. Yeah. If you got your money, you're probably more willing to do it. If you didn't get your money yet, you might be less likely to do it. So I, I just think that that he's just unfair. Um, but I, I, I agree with Eric. Tennessee is one of those teams that you don't sit there and look at, uh, you know, on a sheet of paper and say, man, they're, they're, they're arguably the, one of the best rosters in the entire league. But when you look at them on a football field, they're, they're as competitive as anybody. And I think they're just a team that they, there's nobody in the league they can't beat. Um, and that includes the, you know, the, the Kansas cities, the Buffaloes, the, the Cowboys, the Rams, the, the Buccaneers, like Tampa Bay has one of the best, has arguably the best rush defense in the league. I think statistically right now they do have the best rush defense in the league. Um, well, I mean, helping the Eagles makes every team's rush defense look better, but either way, um, like they are a team that you just. Even they would not look forward to having to tackle Derrick Henry for 60 minutes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll say this. I don't know if you guys got to saw this. I was on Twitter earlier today, and there was this video out there uh, doing uh, a comparison between Derrick Henry's run last night and Forrest Gump's run in the movie. I didn't even remember he was on Alabama in that movie, tell you the truth. It's pretty funny to watch. Because it's almost the same thing. So that, that's what that I'll pretty throw. funny. Yeah. That's pretty funny. He's a good human being, though, too. I'll say that. that uh, there was even a story earlier this year, I guess, they played Jacksonville. Um, when they played Jacksonville, that uh, yeah, he, I know his where you're high going. School, yeah, his high school record was broken, uh, run, uh, rushing record. And the kid who broke the record was at the game. And, like, he took the time to, like, go over and, like, say hello and, like, you know congratulating him on breaking the record and like, you know, just nice shit like that. Like just being a good human being. Um, I don't know if you did, if that's where you thought I was going with it, Mike. Yeah, no, that's but, exactly uh, where, that's exactly where I remember. I remember hearing that story. That was a nice believe story. Believe it or hear. not, the kid that broke his record only has mm. one hand. He was born. I think he was born with that with only one hand. Yeah. Could be wrong yeah. about that. Yeah. No, I, that sounds familiar. Yeah. I think you're right on that. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'll bring up from this week, and then we can go to picks here. Chargers had a lot of momentum going in uh, this Sunday's game, and Baltimore just completely dismantles them, 34-6. to What did you guys make of that one? Go ahead, Eric. It, the law of averages. Didn't I tell you guys this out last week? 
Well, I think we did all pick Baltimore. We did all pick Baltimore to win except Schmelrose. I told you, it's the law of averages. Last week was the week that things evened out. Things started to even out. Literally, to the point where I even had a, a parlay that I put in this week, which I almost never do, but an eight-game parlay, which was only screwed up by the Bills losing last night. Otherwise, I hit all seven of the other games. So, Bills losing last night cost me like 50 bucks. <laughs> well, like, let me so, ask you something. I have... like it, It's just that, that this is that time of year where some good teams that started off hot start to come back down to earth a little bit. Those teams that were good that might have stumbled out of the gates are starting to pick up momentum. It's just that that time of year. So, um, yeah. Let me ask you something. With those parlays, though, like if you pick eight games, don't you get like – isn't it one of those things where you hit like five of eight, you still get some money out of it? No. No? No, you got to hit all eight. I feel like there's a different name for it. I mean, I only – listen, I'll be honest. I put a $5 wager down. I had a chance to win 50 bucks. Yeah, uh, you know, it's I not like you. I bet my shirt here. So, but it was Fair good enough. odds. It was a good return, and I hit all the rest of the games. Like I said, it literally came down to that fourth down last night. But I can't even be mad about it because I'll be honest. I think Tennessee deserved that win. So, mm. Dave, what you got? Can uh, we all agree though that Buffalo made the right call? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you got to go for it. He's he's oh, near yeah. automatic there. I mean, yeah. he's. He's 99 out of 100, and that's at one time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It is one of those things. You make it, nobody refers to it. You miss it, you're the goat. But, yeah, no, I agree with that decision. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, I thought that was the right call. You have the player that, you know, out of, out of you know all the quarterbacks in the league, you know, he's one of the guys that you can trust to make that play, and his foot just slipped. And Buffalo got or uh, Tennessee got enough push that he couldn't recover from it, but I thought that was the right call. Um, but when it comes down to the, the Ravens-Chargers game, I, look, the, I think the Ravens were the really the first team to punch the Chargers in the mouth since they played Dallas. And uh, and that's why you saw them lose. lose. I mean, really, I think that's kind of what it boils down to, and I think the Chargers are – it's scary to say um, – but after a loss like that, and look, I still think the Chargers are the favorite to win that division right now after six weeks. I mean, we all saw the Chiefs struggle against the Redskins for almost three quarters um, before they mm-hmm. were able to finally pull away. But, like, what's kind of scary when you look at this Chargers team is it's very similar to the Chargers teams with Phillip Rivers and LaDainian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates. And, um, oh, my God, I can't believe it. The wide receiver. Who was the big play wide receiver they had? Keenan Allen? No, no, no. Back in the day with Phillip Rivers. I can't remember. Oh, um, fuck. Now I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, whatever. It's, it, I mean, their name's not important. The oh, Vinny that, like, Jackson. Vinny Jackson. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't know. To me, like, I don't know. I see similarities to that team. Um, and, and I think they're just a team that. They're young, and they and they gotta they gotta learn. And this was a learning experience for them. And you go back, you look at the tape. But I'm still looking at them as the favorite for the division after uh, six weeks. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what happens. All right. So let's, unless you guys got anything else NFL wise to say, we'll go to picks. Any anything else? No. All right. Pick. No. 
Picks. Picks. All right. So through six weeks, Eric and me went four and two last week. Schmelrose went four and two as well. Dave, five and one last week on the picks. So here we stand after six weeks. Eric is still in the lead at 18 and 14. Dave has gotten himself not only into second place, but at 500 with a 16 and 16 record. I'm hanging strong in third place there at 14 and 18. And Schmelrose is our fourth place winner at 12 and 20. So that's well, where. What was we, my record again? You are 18 and 14. All right. Yeah. You're still Two in first place. Lead. Two game lead. Dave is nipping at your heels. Yes. That I'm is coming correct. for you, Eric. I told you. <laughs> yeah. Bring it on. There you go. All right. Um, so I guess I I guess I'll start this off with that. I'll do my I'll do my own introduction here. Aglioros aggravation of the week. All right, and I got to be honest here. I I am a little oh, aggravated. Be proud, Mike. I'm Thank proud. you, sir. I, I, Thank you're you. better at these than you give yourself credit. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. All right. I I am a little aggravated because going into this week, I kind of look at this as kind of a. I don't really know where to go with this schedule here this week. And some of the teams that you would wind up picking, I've already picked in my Survivor League. Yes, Eric, I'm bringing up the Survivor League because that happens. Um, I, I, here's the one I'm going to pick. And I, I know I'm going to get some heat for this, and that's fine. We'll go Jets in New England, and I will pick New England, even though New England... Against the cat. Thank God it cut him off. What a weird thing. Give me a sec. My mic has been my mic has been doing some weird shit. Oh, I heard it. I was I think it was just the real I think it was his own mic cutting him off after picking that game. Thanks. Thanks. New England hung tough against the Cowboys last week. Obviously, they were leading, went into overtime, the whole thing. I don't know, man. I Jets are a bad team. New York football, with the exception of Buffalo, is a giant dumpster fire. That's why I put it on the felt I have as a display at where I work. But I don't know. I think this is going to be a close game. I really do. Maybe, you know, you guys can say I'm on drugs all you want, but uh, I'm actually I'm actually not on anything right now. So there's that. I, yeah, I'm picking New England. Everybody can make your comments. Go right ahead. Eric, I'll start with you. Go ahead. It's a clean sweep. Just pencils all in for New England. Dave? Uh, yeah, I, I really... I, I I don't see how the Jets are good enough to win this game. And not well, to mention Belichick, after giving up the most yards he's ever given up in his entire coaching career, head coach, head coach or assistant... Yeah, I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick's gonna have a real big chip on his shoulder, and they're home. So yeah, you got. I'm sorry, but I got to take the Jets. I mean the Patriots. Sorry. <laughs> All right, I tell you what, I'm I'm gonna pick a second game this week if you guys don't mind. Then I'm gonna do one that's a little closer. That okay? Go, go for it. All right, Bengals at Baltimore. I think this will be a close game, truthfully, because Cincinnati, yeah, all right, there's been a little bit of a course correction with Cincinnati the last few weeks. They still got a really good offense. Don't know about that defense. Baltimore, Baltimore is one of those teams that are so hard to predict because week to week, they look like they could be a team that could be look like a oh, team boy. that could be an also ramp. So, 
Oh, my uh, mic. Baltimore also just announced today that they're starting left tackles out for the rest of the year. So that ain't going to help. That ain't going to help. So, yeah, I'll go Cincinnati and Baltimore, and I tell you what, I want to make things interesting, see if I can get a game back. I- I'll be the one. I'm going to pick Cincinnati. You are going to be that one, Mike, because I'm taking Baltimore. I'm getting it in. Baltimore. I, yeah, Mike, I mean, I, I actually respect your enthusiasm, and if Cincinnati was home, I might actually go with you on this one, but I'm going to have to take the Ravens. Mm. All right, fair enough. So with that, it is time for Hastings Highlight of the Week. I mean, if we're being honest, there's really no um, highlight game. Oh, yeah. I disagree. I disagree got, wholeheartedly. I only, I only see one that really pops out to me. Um, and that would be the, the, the Titans on the road or the Titans at home against the Chiefs. Yeah, that that is a highlight. I mean, that, uh, I mean, that was the one I was eyeballing, per, you know, I, as a highlight for sure. Yeah, but I mean, really, when you look at the rest of the schedule, is there any other game? Like, no, I, I that's... definitely don't have two games this week. You well, I think, have, like, I think the other game by. Mike took. I think Mike took the other game. I think the other game was the Ravens and Bengals, a 4-2-5-1 matchup. I think that's the other good matchup. I think those are the two matchups of the week. Agreed. So I do like that we're picking them both. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree I, with that. Other than that, I, I I set it off to jump. I thought this week was kind of a shit schedule, truthfully. So I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I, I mean, you you look at some of these games. I could see why the NFL was thinking Washington Green. I mean, they got a, they kind of were forced to put the matchups that they put. But like, I mean, you look at that Monday night of the Saints Seahawks, like Jameis Winston versus Geno Smith. Like, I'm sorry, but if you told me that a year ago, I'd be like, I'll, I'll pass. I'll, I'll miss that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's give some yeah, credit to Seattle, to- though. They did make that Pittsburgh game tough last week, though. I mean, there there is another decent game on the schedule. I'm going to call it decent because I think every – well, pretty much everybody expected these two teams to be better than where they're at now. And that's the Colts at 49ers this week, two and four, two and three teams that are battling it out. I think that's another good matchup, just throwing it out there. Did we really expect Indy to be better than what they are now, though? Yeah, I did. I mean, if did Wednesday, you but if, by the way, can we go back to Wednesday Dave, though? Because stats. look at Wentz's stats. They, they, they've lost some games that were pretty damn close. And when Wentz played, I mean, Wentz has actually played pretty damn well when you look at him statistically. Fair enough. All right, Dave, we go back to you. All right. So, look, the, the Chiefs, Titans, Titans coming off of a huge win and a short week, but they get to stay at home. They don't got to travel. I think you look at the the Chiefs, they, they travel from, you know, Kansas City to Washington, and now they're, you know, traveling to Tennessee, um, which obviously isn't much of a – I think it's maybe like a two-hour flight, hour-and-a-half flight. Like, I don't think it's a long flight, but um, they're still traveling. Uh, that Kansas City defense, I, I just – I, I don't respect that defense right now. Um, offensively, though, we know what they can do. Uh, so, Chiefs on <laughs> Tennessee. Tennessee coming off of a huge Monday win. Uh, 
you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take Kansas City. We talk about let things leveling out. Um, I, I think Kansas City get. I think it's a tight, tight game and might come down to the final possession. But I'll take the Chiefs to win on the road in Tennessee. I'm going with you, Dave. I think you're right on there. I think it's gonna be a really close game. But again, law of averages: Chiefs are three and three. We know they're gonna trend upwards a little bit. You know, you look at the Titans, they're four and two, you know, another loss. They're still four and three. They're still going to be a solid team. Um, so I look at next week as a game that, that helps average things out again. Again, in a really good game, close game like you're predicting. Um, but I'm going the same way with the Chiefs. All right. I guess I'm going to be the outlier here because, listen, I picked the Chiefs to make the Super Bowl. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. I'm not. Like, law of averages, all that stuff. I do think there's going to be course correction with them. But, I mean, you kind of said the way they struggled on the road against Washington last week. And I, I just think Tennessee got the momentum after that game last night. So, this matchup here, if it was in Kansas City, I probably would pick the Chiefs. But I'm going to go with Tennessee here. I'm going to say they won this one. Mike's so trying to gain some ground. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. We can't all pick the same teams every week. So we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe Schmo Rose will have some company uh, all the way at the back of the pack next week. Who knows? Um, all right. So with that, it is time. I, I don't have a toilet bowl effect. I'm sorry. It is time for Eric Chester's Toilet Bowl of the Week. And the toilet bowl of the week is is one we kind of talked about earlier with a bust, and that's I'm going down to that that, that really really funky smell down in with Miami this this Falcon Dolphin game. Oh, that does stink. Is, oh, this is awful. So <laughs> you got two and three at one and five. Falcons we know are really are not a good football team. The Dolphins everybody expected to be better than where they're at right now. I think this is another game of course correction. That being said, I'm taking the Dolphins at home. All right. Dave, who you got? Uh, Give me Atlanta. Yeah, Dave, you kind of stole my thunder on that. I was thinking Atlanta on that one, too, because I'll tell you this. I still got two games I got to catch up on Eric with. So no doubt, no doubt. I listen. I mean, it's not a huge sample size, but they did beat the Jets, another bad team. Miami's done nothing to make me think they could take advantage of bad matchups, especially after losing to a team who hadn't won a game all season last week. So I'm going to go with Atlanta on that one. So that's a double flusher, though, Eric. I'll give you that double flusher. Hope you don't back up the toilet. It is a bad one. I do have a toilet bowl for for uh, Schmelrose. Well, hang on a second. Let me let me intro the segment here. Yeah, and you can make the pick by all means. Larry Schmelrose's shit show of the week. Good. And I gotta think if Schmelrose was here, he'd be happy about this shit. (laughs) He'd be he'd be he'd be he'd be wafting in his own scent. As oh. he as he was uh, as he was as he was admiring we're going, it. We're really, going honestly, that it, it's a game we talked about, but now we got to pick it, and and it's just so rosy that we all think it should be better than where it is right now. And this is that Colt Forty Nine er game. Mm. This is like the potpourri of shits. This is like the poopery. 
<laughs> it's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, make your pick, Eric. Oh, only because they're home. He sounds like he's on the bowl. He sounds like he's on the bowl and struggling. Oh, right? I just come out. Kind of force this one, even though it's, <laughs> it's permeating nice. You got to force it still, and it hurts. Mm. The pick. I got to be honest. I'm. Because I'm torn because I really feel like the 49ers at home and maybe, you know, with Indy got to travel out west. But then again, I'm like, Carson Wentz has been playing better and I really don't trust the quarterback situation with the 49ers. This is a tough, tough shit to take. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the 49ers at home, I guess. I I, I don't love this, this shit, but, you know, again, I think Schmel Rose would be wafting in his own brand here. Hmm. All right, Dave. That, that was good, Eric. That was that was pretty good. Um, who you got? I know we got San Francisco coming off of a bye at home Sunday night. Indy gets T.Y. Hilton back, and their offense probably looked the best it's looked all year. Um, he's probably going to go in with an injury tag, though, because he came up lame in the second half. Yeah, I know. He's listed as questionable right now. Um, <clears throat> but the, I, the biggest thing I don't understand uh, about the, the uh, Colts is how Jonathan Taylor consistently in the first half doesn't break 10 touches. Um and then when they finally give him the ball, you know, he bust out a 70, you know, six yard receiving touchdown last Monday night. He busted out, I think it was like an 85 yard touchdown run this past Sunday. I really, really just don't comprehend what what their mindset is with him. I know they have uh, Harris or um, Hines and Mack and like they have other receive or running backs that they really like, but. I mean, the guy is clearly their best running back, and that that really blows my mind. Uh, defensively, Indiana, Indianapolis is a little inconsistent. Um, all that said, though, I, I'm going to have to take the uh, 49ers at home on a Sunday night coming off of a bye week. I, I think uh, I think the stars kind of aligned for them on Sunday night. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the 49ers on that one too. I don't, I don't really have too much more to add to to it. Obviously, you know, Eric, you brought up the quarterback situation, not the best. I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have. Know enough... why. I have a feeling Schmelro is gonna go the other way. Well, yeah, I, I can see that one too. I'm just, uh, I'm not convinced in Indy just yet to to be the outlier on that one. So, I will go for San Francisco, but. I, I, we got to talk about another shit show here because you, you, we mentioned it earlier. I think the New Orleans-Seattle game, if Russell Wilson was playing, I, I think it would be better for everyone. And Seattle, like I said, they did hang tough against Pittsburgh. They had to go to overtime to beat them last week. So they got that going for them. Winston, model of inconsistency over there. And Chris Carson is probably going to be out for Seattle. Don't know what's going on with the run game. Defense has been a mess, the whole deal. Let's um, 
Let's take a look at this backup right here. New Orleans and Seattle. I'm going to I'm going to go with New Orleans on this one. Who you guys got? Dave? Uh, you made me go first on the last one. Make Eric go first. <laughs> all, right. all right, fair enough. Uh, Eric, go ahead. New Orleans and Seattle. Uh, it 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 almost pains me to say that Geno Smith didn't look awful the other night. <laughs> and the Seahawks at home have their twelfth man situation, but at the same time. How the fuck can I pick Geno Smith to win a football game? <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. I, I literally, I, I, and I, it's not that I have much faith in Jameis Winston either, because I don't have any faith in him to win a football game either, but I at least think he, he chucks it a little bit better than, than Geno does. And because I think he could sling it around and make a few more plays. And I think that with Kamara, and if I'm not mistaken now, Michael Thomas doesn't come back. He's eligible after this week? Well, he's eligible to come back, but they say he's a few weeks away still. He's going okay. to come off the PUP list this week, so they're probably going to move okay. him to IR. Okay. No. Either way, he's not there this week, but I still no. think Jameis and that arm have enough to get it done. Give me, give me the Saints. All right. Dave? So the only reason I'm making this pick is because they're the home team and that Seattle crowd is unlike any other crowd. Hey, uh, Seattle. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're going to have to give me uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks at home. All right. Fair enough there. So that's our picks for week seven. Who'd you go with, Mike? I picked New Orleans. I picked the Saints. Got it. Yeah. All right. Um, so unless anybody has anything else football wise, I, I, don't I think th there's one game on the schedule that the records say it's close, but it's not really close this week. In my opinion, I'm going to throw it out there. I don't think there's any need to pick it, but just because this game stands out to me, it's actually the Thursday night game, the three and three Broncos at the three and three Browns. All right, I mean, there's yeah. another law of averages. Like, Browns are going to go to four and three, and the Broncos are going to go to three and four. But I just find it interesting that they're kind of meeting, and it, it almost seems like an appealing game, but when you really get down to it, it's probably not that appealing at all. The only reason why Denver would have a shot is because Cleveland's got a lot of injuries right now. Both running backs and Baker are hurting. So that's the only reason they'd have a shot. But other than that, yeah, I'm with you. I, I would pick Cleveland, but we don't have to do picks on that. See, and I would actually take the Broncos. You want to pick it, Dave? I'll let I'll, I'll let you make right. that decision. Uh, I, I'm I'm fine. I mean, obviously, we the three of the two of you are on one side. I'm on the other, so there's a good chance Schmelrose might be on my side. Um, so, I'll put I mean, it. It, it could be a good game to pick. So I'll I'll put the Browns then pick it then. I'll, I'm gonna put you down for it. Well, give Dave the Broncos. I'll take the Browns. Yeah, I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down, and I got the Browns too. So they make it sound like Baker is gonna play this game, and I don't know. They got a good offensive line, so I feel like whoever they put in at running back would have a decent game anyway. So I, I'd be fine. I'm taking Cleveland. Yeah. All right, so with that, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but the basketball season is starting tonight. 
Nobody's excited for basketball starting, correct? Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I'm, I, I guess I'm just more Nick centric. I would like to, I'm going to yeah. probably check out and see how the Knicks start the season. They start tomorrow night, I think at home. Um, mm. but outside of that, I could give two shits about the nets and, and Milwaukee that are on right now. I think Milwaukee's winning the game, but, uh, they're playing now. And I think the Warriors and Lakers play later, but, um, this is where I kind of divert a little bit more to you guys because I know you guys are more the the basketball connoisseurs than I am. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I am a little bit intrigued to see the next start of the season. Well, I mean, I'll throw it to Dave, but I'll say this: I feel like the two favorites, at least the Vegas favorites, are the Nets and the Lakers. And I don't want to see either of those teams win. Like you said it perfectly last week. I'm sick of hearing about the Kyrie nonsense. He may only be able to play half the games uh, that they play because he's not going to be allowed to play them in New York while he's taking the stance that he's taking. And the Lakers, we all feel how we feel about LeBron, the Manning, Westbrook, and Eric, your your meme about them uh, assembling the expendables of the NBA was perfectly set. Uh, the difference is I actually like the guys in the expendables. I don't, I don't really care for the guys on the Lakers. So go ahead, Dave. I mean, look, I'm interested, obviously, as a Bulls fan, I'm interested to see how the ball, Levine, and um, Vucevic, the, the DeRozan. Oh, yeah, DeRozan. Like, I'm, I'm, I am extremely curious to see how all that unfolds. Uh, I mean, I, I, you're talking, they basically have, how do I say this? Their roster reminds me of an NFL Pro Bowl roster after all of the best players elect not to play. That's a good comparison. I like that. Does that make sense? Like, right? That Absolutely. Makes sense you guys, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so like the Arizona Cardinals are right now. So like the so like the current Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I, I, I just – I look at that team and I'm just like, wow, you guys have some talent. But you don't have like a top – three player at any or hell you don't even have a top five player in any position so like uh, how, how is that going to go <laughs> like i'm very curious to see i mean look in preseason that i think their average margin of victory was like 32 points like it was ridiculous how they played in preseason but they also played their starters a lot more than a lot of teams so, like, is is that a good thing because you're trying to get chemistry amongst these guys? Uh, but is it a bad thing because it kind of skews how much better they look than the teams that they played? Like, I, I don't know. So, I'm very curious. I mean, I think the one thing I like is I think I do think Billy Donovan's a good coach. Um, I think he is a guy that's going to be able to figure out how to make the you know that that group of players work together. Um, but that, it, yeah, I, I'm very curious to see how all that unfolds. I really am. All right. And to go back to, um, what Eric was saying about the Knicks, it'll be interesting to see this team in year two under Thibodeau is Randall going to be able to keep the momentum from the year he had last year. You can leave the playoffs out of it, but 
Is he going to be able to do that again this year? Is Barrett going to take another step forward? What are we getting out of Quigley? Is Walker going to be healthy? Because we, you know, we talked about Kemba when he came on. I'm excited to see what Kemba can do. Is he going to be able to get past the injuries that kind of dogged him his two years in Boston, though? So a lot of questions to answer there. I'm, I'm hoping we get another good year out of the Knicks, though. Hoping it happens. I want to bring up one thing just to bring this out of the way. Is every, everybody else sick about hearing about this Ben Simmons nonsense as I am? I don't yeah. even understand it at this point. I'll be honest. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Why is he causing such a ruckus? Just shut up and play. And if you're not going to play, like, go sit out. Like, I don't Why is he there right now? I guess somebody's got to explain that. Well, he's not there at this particular moment because he showed up to training camp and everything last last week. And apparently yesterday he got into something with Doc Rivers. Rivers asked him to do something. He said no. They sent him home. He's suspended now for contract, conduct de uh, detrimental to the team. Yep. They should trade him. Why aren't they like he, he's they're not going to get the return on him anymore. I'm sorry. They're just wasting everybody's time. What do you guys well, think? About oh, go ahead. Really? Uh, sorry, Mike, but I, no, I no, no, go ahead. what Eric just said is the, the point of the entire situation at this point. They needed to trade him as soon as the season was over and got back whatever they could have gotten back, no matter mm -hmm. what it was. Even if it was bare minimum, they still should have traded him and got something in return for him. But instead, they played hardball. They pushed every team away, saying, "No, that you're not. You're, what you're offering is not enough." And like every other team's, like, "Look, dude, we know you don't want him. We know he doesn't want to be there. Like, take it or leave it." That's why no team came in and just like blew the doors off with an offer. Mm -hmm. And now. You have a guy that's not willing to shoot threes, doesn't have a lot of confidence in his game when it comes down to, you know, scoring the ball. And he literally doesn't need, like, they don't even know what position he should be playing. So, I, I mean, it's a mess with him in Philadelphia. I mean, the players are tired of it. And B got interviewed today and he's like, look, it's not my job to babysit. Yeah. Like, you, you can tell the frustrations building up. You see Doc Rivers in his interview. Like, Doc looks more upset than he did when he lost, when uh, he was coaching the Celtics and they lost the finals to the Lakers. Like, that, that's how upset Doc looks. Um, so, I, I just think, he, like Eric said, like, they should have traded him. And now they're at a spot where they might trade a guy that they gave a huge contract to have to eat a decent chunk of the money and then not get anything in return for what his value was considered just three months ago. Yeah. And, and, and the Sixers did this to, to themselves. They say, trust the process. They build a competitive team. Guess what? They're still messing it up. Hmm. Oh, did we lose your mic? I think we lost Mike. We, we definitely lost Mike. So, Eric, I, I, I don't know if he was planning on bringing this up. You know, I, over a whole, like, scheme of my really? life, I really don't care too much. But, like, scale of 1 to 10, how pissed were you when you heard about Boone? Oh, did, uh, I, get, did I get cut off? 10, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mike, you were gone. You didn't ah. even start talking and you were cut off. 
Oh, okay. So, you know, my, Dave, that, Dave, that's a full-on 10. That's that's uh, literally some text messages went out, including from our man Joey Balls, to me this morning going, you got to be kidding me, this is my life for another three years. And I was like, yep, another three years of media, mediocre baseball coming our way. And that's really how we feel about it. And it's echoed that way across every Yankee fan I know. Oh, cousin David is probably more pissed off than all you guys. I told you guys he hated Boone before Listen, everybody else. They did. had to both go. The problem is, is they kept Cashman, Boone's Cashman's guy. <laughs> there hasn't been a Yankee manager since 1922. Yes. 1922. I saw this. That a manager has made it into the fifth season without winning without a World get, with, or getting at least getting two World Series. I think. You know, he hasn't even gotten. So mm-hmm. it's he should have been gone. There's nothing that should have been keeping him. Well, I, I the only thing I will say to this is this: if they let Cashman go after next season, Boone probably will be out the door with Cashman. But as of right now, that is a big if because you know, giving a manager a three-year contract, it's almost ceremonial. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be there for the three years. He may not be, but listen, giving him the contract and then the option for the fourth year is just bullshit, in my opinion. It's just not something that should have been done. And to be honest, there's not a Yankee fan I know that's excited about it. Mm. Uh, Dave, I just saw your uh, comment in the chat. Uh, Cousin David wants to come on. Cousin David is here. Cousin David, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How's everybody doing? (laughs) I'm sure you must feel vindicated. Well, I'll tell you what, we're definitely got we're definitely not getting any kind of rebuild if they're bringing guys like Boone and Cashman back. I can tell you that. So don't expect a rebuild. They're just going to change a couple players around. No, I, I you know I, I was on the ride home today with Nancy, and Nancy asked me like, you know, why'd they keep him? Why are they keeping him? And why are they doing this? And why is why is, you know, hell, why is hell Steinbrenner doing this? Is he like his father? Like what's going on? And I said, you know, I I've come to the conclusion that I think Brian Cashman is untouchable. I don't think Brian Cashman will ever get fired. Well, he's um, practically family though. That's why. I mean, if you think and, about it, right. he's been around how and how Steinbrenner for half of house life, you know, what 1998. I mean? like, yeah. He's been he's family, so it's it's definitely a different dynamic for sure. I, I, I don't think Brian Cashman's ever getting fired, and I think we're going to have to deal, even if Boone gets fired, I think they're always going to keep Brian Cashman, and until Hal is able to build up enough strength to get rid of him, um, I, think, I think, Eric, you're right. We're just going to be in this perpetual mediocrity. Um, and I don't want to say 90 wins is mediocrity. It's not. But to Yankee fans, if you're not going to in like the playoffs, you're not doing You nothing. know in your heart hard it is. It is. No, it, it is. But but I don't want to sound like – I don't want to be that Yankee fan who's, who's who's you know, you know, saying, yo, you know, because there are, there are some teams that don't get to 90 wins. And then there are some teams like the Giants that – somehow are able to win 129 games um, every other year, so, you know, or, you know, once every decade, but it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think this is even about Boone. I just, I just think this is Cashman until Hal could say something about 
Cashman. And until Cashman is gone, you're just going to, it's just going to be another years of just them trying to figure this out. I think you're right. I think it's, well, it's not even them figuring it out until they admit that like their full on analytic approach is they can keep it all they want, but like they have to make tweaks to it. Like these other clubs do that. These other clubs use the analytics, but are still able to do other things and win. The, Yan- the Yankees are just strictly whoever's giving them the numbers or however they're interpreting them. They got to get somebody else there to interpret them because that I, there's a difference between the way the Yankees are run and other teams are run and they need to close that gap. And that's what they're missing. So however they need to figure that part out, that's what they really have to get figured out. Mm. Are they ever going to take the step forward is the question. What do you mean? This seems good at any point. In time that was, that was, that was, that was a joke, Eric, David, cousin David knows exactly what I meant by that. <laughs> That's a dig. That was a dig at you, <laughs> Dave. Maybe you got that. I'm hoping Dave got that. My, Eric, Mike is Mike is trying to say that if you say that the Yankees are taking a step forward, you kind of indirectly are saying that the Yankees took a step back this year. So, it's and I joke. just wanted known cousin David is now. <laughs> Bus, because that was what he—that was what he wanted me to say I, last week. I, I, but again, I there's, a, there's a, but again, did they take a step back? What's a step back? See, it's not necessarily a step back. It's just a disappointment. I, I, I think backing into, and let me just say, yes, I actually did want Mike to say that. I didn't mean to throw you under the bus. <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, no, you, but, me, but, no, you're fine. I, I think I think backing in I think backing into the playoffs is a step back. Regardless of whether they quote unquote made the playoffs, you could even argue that they really didn't make the playoffs, even though they were the sec- the, the first and second wildcard team, you still kind of backed into the playoffs, even though it's a one game playoff. You know, I don't think as the season started, we were all rooting for the Yankees to, you know, get that one wildcard team, you know, get actually that one wildcard spot. That wasn't exactly on the menu. So I would say that that's a step back. What do you say, Eric? Oh. I still don't see it as a step back. I still don't see it as a step back. Here's all I'm going to say, because we could debate this one. I do feel like there's kind of the law of diminishing returns coming in here, because if you look at the finishes – 2019, even last year, because I do think they made the second round of that extended playoffs last year. To go from NLCS, second round of last year's playoffs, getting the second wild card, that that is a step back. So I, I, I just think we have different definitions of that. Right, fair enough. Dave, you got anything you want to throw in? Oh, man, I was proud of myself just for bringing this up. <laughs> ah, way to be you, Dave. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And, yeah, the Mets are still the Mets. That's all I'm going to say. All I'm right. excited to see Eternal, so I'll just throw that in there quick. Well, you know they're already putting spoilers on the Internet for some reason, right? Oh, yeah, it's littered with it. I'm trying to stay away from as many as I can. Yeah. Yeah, it's We're kind not of... going to mention the Mets at all. We're not going to mention the Mets at all, Mike. I'm I'm shocked. 
I, you, okay, you want me to mention, I'll just say this. Is anybody really surprised that Theo Epstein and Billy Bean are not coming to the Mets? I was surprised. I was kind of rooting for you there, Mike. I was rooting for Billy Bean to come over. I, I, was, a, I was a little disappointed. I was a little disappointed. You mm. know, Steve, you know, Steve Cohen could have given a 10, uh, a five or 10 percent ownership stake. I don't he has actually the money. Yeah, but why is he going to give up an ownership stake a year after buying the franchise? That's the thing. I, I don't get Billy why. Because it's Billy Bean. <laughs> you, yeah, but you, in, you all fairness, in all fairness, and I think Eric will back me up with this. Billy Bean, obviously one of the pioneers of the analytic approach. What has he done with Oakland? Yeah, he keeps them relevant. Yeah, they make the playoffs a bunch. He's never made it pay. I, has he even made it to an NLCS? Or an ALCS, I think? But I think, but I think the way you got to look at it is it's Billy Bean's knowledge plus Steve Cohen's money. Yeah, I mean, that's look not, at the combination of that. That's nice and everything. I never thought took it seriously that Billy Bean was going to come to the Mets. And if Theo Epstein really is holding out for an ownership stake, he's never going to he's never going to get that, in my opinion. Unless I don't Hall- think that's what he's holding out for, though. I just don't think it excites him, like. He, he, he'll even say, I think, like, you know, because I've heard this a bunch of times that his shit works for 162 games, but it doesn't work in the playoffs. Come to playoffs, it's a crapshoot. So, mm. I mean, yeah, he's good for a little bit, but he's not he's not good completely, you know? Are you, like, are you talking about Bean or Epstein? Bean. Uh, yeah, okay. I just think the story, you know, the, you know, the story of it, I, I just think the newspapers would have, it would have been a good story if Billy Bean would have came because, you know, he started obviously with, with the Mets. He had a young career. It didn't really go that well. And if Bean would have came back, came out as a, came back as a GM, you know, the newspapers could have said, Oh, he's coming back home because he wasn't that good as a player, but he's, but he's going to be very motivated to come back to not only fix the Mets, but to actually finish what he started. I mean, fair enough, but I, I, just me, never thought there was a snowball's chance in hell it was happening. He's going to be with Oakland until he leaves the sport, in my opinion. It's just the way it's going to be. So we'll see who they're able to get. Hopefully they're able to get someone who they don't have to fire in a month. That would be, that would be a nice little change of pace for the Mets, but we'll see. We'll see. So, all right. Um, does anybody got anything else they want to throw in? Dave? Uh, no, I don't think so, man. I think we uh, hit everything. Mm. <clears throat> Trying to think. Anybody anybody, got... Oh, go ahead. Well, anybody got anything uh, that you saw? I guess I'll just throw on non-sports related real quick out of uh, DC fandom or, or Dave sports related. Did you have any catch any more college football this week? Uh, I actually did not. Saturday ended up being a busy day for me. It wasn't okay. planned to be, but it turned into one. Actually, okay. Eric, I saw this before we started the show. I don't, I, I don't really know if this is. I don't even know where the article went. There's five teams set to join the ACC out of Conference USA over the next few seasons. Six schools applying to join the ACC. I don't know if you think this is a big deal, but I know we talked when... Um, Depends on the schools. I'd have to see the schools, but if they're coming out of the 
Conference USA. I got the schools. They're being very, very good schools. So mm-hmm. let's hear. Maybe I got Cincinnati, one of them. Well, hey, a second. Cincinnati's going to the Big Twelve. Uh, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston are going to the Big Twelve. Twelve. This says, Flor- Oh, do you want to guess them? Guess, guess the teams that are no, going. No, to go, ahead. no go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, North Texas, UTSA, Rice, and UAB. I wouldn't take any of those. I would laugh at every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would literally be like, guys, and that like. Thanks for stopping by. You were great. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, thanks, but no thanks. That's a hard pass. Like, I don't see any of those schools. They're all coming in. They all want to get into the ACC because everybody sees the way these conferences are going now, and it seems like it's going towards a power five and uh, that they may break off and do their own thing. And I think some of these smaller schools are just going to try to apply to the bigger conferences to try to get in while they still might have a chance. Mm. Um, unfortunately, if I'm the ACC, I'm going to hold off for some bigger schools if, if I'm them. Like, I, I have no reason to accept them. If I'm the ACC, I'm looking to actually sign Notre Dame. I'm looking to bring in either schools from the Pac-12 or, like, from somewhere else that maybe you could try to – I'm not trying to bring in, like, a, a Florida Atlantic. Like, I mean, come on, stop it. Like I said, you're embarrassing yourself. Fair it's, enough. They're, they're not even – they're, 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 they would be at the bottom of the conference automatically. Where, like, you see teams like Oklahoma and Texas, they're going to move into the SEC and be competitive teams in the SEC – uh, UTEP or you, whoever or the other, so North Arlington or whoever else you mentioned, like they, they would be at the bottom of the, the conference the second they walked in. Well, just to bring it back up, UTSA. That's why I thought, why I thought no, just not to cut you off again, but that's why I thought of a team like Cincinnati because I'm like, well, Cincinnati is a decent program. They also have a decent basketball program. Could be a school that would be looking – you saying they're looking to move to the Big 12. Big 12 is also looking to absorb schools. I think they've also, they're also looking to bring in, um, like you said, other schools as well. So it's, it's a grab out there and it's a money grab, believe it or not, because trying to get into a bigger conference is going to get your school more money and uh, get your players more money and endorsements and everything else. Um, so yeah, it's all about the money, unfortunately. All right. I did listen. We all know I don't know that much about college football. I brought it up because I see something about realignment. Seemed like a decent idea. All right. Anyway, you got anything else? Anything? I mean, if we're done with sports, no. Talk, I mean, man. I just saw. I just saw. I saw a couple of things out of DC fandom. I mean, obviously not much because I'm not going to sit down and waste four hours of my day on it. But I caught a couple of the highlights on. On YouTube, new Batman. The trailers that came out were pretty good. Yeah, yeah, Black Adam. I mean, I think everybody's looking forward to seeing The Rock just, you know, kick some ass. So uh, the Flash stuff that they showed, like, all that stuff, I thought was pretty cool. So I don't know if you guys saw any of that. Um, But, yeah, I figured I'd throw that out there last minute. They're holding off on the Michael Keaton reveal. Like we we heard his voice he in the voice trailer. Over, yeah, he was the voice, but I mean, and obviously you saw the back of him in the cowl. But they're holding off on the big reveal for now. You know, Dave, what do you say? 
Uh, I mean, look, the Black Adam trailer or teaser trailer was pretty cool. Um, I enjoyed seeing that. And, you know, I, I think my, I've said this before. My man crush is definitely The Rock. Um, so uh, definitely excited for that. Um, I think I think the most shocking thing for me that I, I'm going to say about DC in general right now is that I am genuinely excited for the Robert, uh, Robin or Robert Pattinson uh, Batman. Um, mm. They are making it look like they made that dark. Um, it looks like they're going to be uh, showing us characters that we haven't seen in the um, Batman franchise movies since probably the 90s with the Penguin and the Riddler. Um, so, you know, I, I think like, I am definitely surprised because when I first heard he got casted, I'm like, I'm not even watching that movie. But after the trailers I've seen so far, like I, I am very intrigued to see how that is and how good it is. And if it's as dark as, you know, they're portraying it, that it's going to be. Yeah, it looks good. I'll tell you this, Colin Farrell. If I didn't know that was him as Penguin, I wouldn't have been able to tell. Yeah, I had no idea that was Penguin. He looked too heavy set. I would. Yeah, Colin Farrell's definitely never been an overweight guy in anything I've ever seen him in. Yeah, I'm hoping no. they bring back Danny DeVito myself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been upset about that. Mm. Cousin David, did you see any of these trailers? I have not seen them yet, but I will say one thing about Colin Farrell. I actually think he's a method actor, so it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not surprising to me that he would gain weight or become heavy set for a role because I've seen him do things in that for different movies. I think it's so, a lot of prosthetics uh, too, though. And well, facially, uh, it's not just for this movie. Apparently, they're going to be doing like a, a Gotham show, and I think he's going to be in that show as well. So it'll be interesting to see him playing this, portraying this character going forward as well. Hmm. No. DC is where it's at, I think. I think uh, DC the next five years with all the directors. Well, they still uh, have their biggest properties really to play with. That's the thing is that Marvel's yeah. kind of used a lot of their big properties already. And granted, they still have a million more to pull from. But at the same time, some of the most iconic superheroes out there, are Superman, Batman, Flash, whatever, and we haven't seen these stories really portrayed cinematically, you know, well, I'll say. Um, so I think we're all just excited to, to see it portrayed well. Yeah. I still think they got a lot to prove, but what they're see what they're showing us right now. Yeah. I'm intrigued. How about Helen Mara being the bad guy in that, uh, new Shazam movie. You guys see that? that I did I not did. Yeah. I love Helen Mara. She's great. She's great in whatever she's in. So I, I'm sold just by the fact that it's her and Lucy Liu are going to be the bad guys in the in the Shazam movie. Wow. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. Anybody see Venom yet? Nope. I have not. I have not seen no. that. Or And uh, I know Eternals is coming out. And, uh, and I haven't even seen Shang-Chi yet either. I'll be honest. Shang-Chi is missing out. Yeah, Shang-Chi was good. I'm looking forward to Eternals. Looking forward to Ghostbusters Afterlife, which got pushed back a week. So 
got a little but bit I more hear weight. Good things about it. I, I've heard good things coming out of the early, I guess, because they showed it at a. You talking about Ghostbusters or, now? Yeah, yeah, Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. They showed it at I don't know whether it was CinemaCon or something. They, yeah, they surprised the whole audience there and showed them the whole the whole movie. And I, the reviews that came out of it were, were pretty good. So um, I think it's it's going to be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to that one, too. I'm actually but I was looking forward to the last Ghostbusters reboot, I'll be honest, with the, with the ladies as well. And I didn't hate it as much as a lot of other people hated it. But at the same time, like, I'm almost wondering, are they going to have any tie-in whatsoever from that movie into this no. movie? Like, I no. don't know. No, we're acting like that one doesn't exist. And I'm not I, even I, a mention, a throwaway line, just something to tie it in. Like, prof- oh, you know, you're always talking to Professor So and So last week or whatever, whatever her name was. Well, you, know, you got to remember, like, that one acted like the first two movies didn't happen. So this one is in the original Ghostbusters timeline and all that stuff. So why would you address a movie that didn't acknowledge the existence of the other ones? They acted like the- that didn't happen. So it's in the family, too. I mean this. I mean the guy's son is directing it, Jason Reitman. So, and he's a good director. That going too. He is. Mm-hmm. He's a very good director. Thank you for smoking. Anybody is one of my all-time favorites. Halloween kills. I gotta watch it. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I'm not hearing good things about it though. No, I have not heard anything good about it. Yeah. Dave, what I do you say? Not heard good things. Ah, sorry. Yeah, no, uh, I've got nothing on any of these. Mm. All right. So I think that'll do it for us here tonight, unless anybody's got anything else. No, I mean, sports wise, just I am looking forward to um, more NHL. I haven't had the chance to see much yet. Uh, I did watch part of the Ranger game on Saturday night while I was at a Halloween party. The host of the party is a big Ranger fan and wanted to throw the game on. So I was like, yeah, I'll check out a couple of minutes. So I ended up watching the end of the third period and uh, seeing him score the goal late to win. Uh, so that was, that was fun. So interested to see some more hockey and, and have fun with some hockey, especially now that the Giants suck and our season's over. Um, so that and the Knicks tomorrow night. So I am excited for that. So I know Dave, you're a big basketball guy. So, um, I guess we'll see what, what happens with this NHL or, uh, NBA season and no college basketball yet. That doesn't start for another few weeks. So I don't have anything to report there. Mm. Oh, other than really sad news, I'm going to end the show with. I'm sorry to do this. Did you guys see Dickie V? Dickie V has lymphoma or something going on. Like, he's not doing well. It's really sad to see that. Like, oh, yeah, no, really. I'm I'm bummed. I got to be honest. I like Dickie V. Love Dickie V. Dickie V. Right? Yeah. Diaper dandy, baby. Diaper dandy. That's not Even awesome, if you don't baby. Watch a lot of college basketball. You know Dickie V. Like he's an iconic guy. And yeah. To see him have, end uh, end up with cancer after all that happened, and he's just such a big supporter and proponent of the Jimmy V Foundation and and all of that as well. And uh, to to see him come down with something like this, he like does a lot of different fundraisers. He does at least I think like two fundraisers a year as well on his own for like pediatric cancer research. Other things and uh, just really a, a tremendous guy. So you know, thoughts and prayers go out to him. But uh, mm. yeah, super sad news, and I hate to I hate to see a good guy like that go down to something so terrible. Yep. Yeah, all the best there. Like you said, 
Who doesn't know who Dickie V is? That guy always best. All right. So I think with that, we'll get out of here tonight. Thank you, everybody, listening to us. Uh, all our various podcasts. One question, what? really quick. Is there a more iconic guy for a sport than Dickie V is for basketball? I'm just going to throw that out there as a real, as a fun question to kind of end it instead of turning it sad. Bob, well, I, you might be right, but I'm going to throw Bob Euchre's name out there for baseball. I don't think he's on the same level as Dickie V, but I think that would be the baseball guy, either him or Tommy Lasorda when he was John around. Madden? I'm thinking Madden. John Madden for football. Yeah, that's yeah, a good that, one. That was he's... the name I was thinking. Like, to me, Madden would be the guy for football. And, and honestly, the only reason younger kids these days know who Madden is is because of the video game, but... <laughs> Like, even then, like, I mean, you're talking 50-plus years, the guy had something to do with the game of football and, and was a big and recognizable name. So, mm. but, yeah, no, I, I don't think anybody has the connection to the, you know, the sport that they are most known for in such a positive light across the board like Dickie V. Yeah. Nobody has anything bad to say about Dickie V. No, nobody. And if you do, go go after yourself. <laughs> That's fair. That's well put, fair. Dave, well put. Yep. That's awesome, baby. Exactly. Perfect. Yes. There you go. All right. Thank you to everybody listening to us on our various podcasting outlets. Thank you, Cousin David, Dave, Eric, you guys for being here. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Mom was back in the chat tonight. She was here. So shout out to Mom. She's there. Uh, let's do some final thoughts here. Cousin David, final thoughts. Um, just looking forward to sports starting up again. The basketball, I'm kind of looking forward to the Knicks. I haven't watched the Knicks in a while, but I think, but I think I'm going to check them out again, just because I'm hoping they make, I'm hoping they keep the streak alive and get into the playoffs for the, for the second time. Um, the Yankees, you know, what are you going to do? And uh, you and Dave, I just want to say you guys owe us. Uh, you guys maybe next week have to revise your win totals with Dallas Cowboys. I think no. you had nine wins and uh, Dave had 10 or something like that. Come on. You guys no. got to now give it. You guys next Next week, gotta give us your real numbers that you think this. this I already gave you happen. a scenario. No, no, I know. I already gave. I already gave you a scenario where I said I could see the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. That's the best you're getting out of me, Dave. I don't know about you. No, I'm not doing it. Uh, I, I, Dave, did you have him at ten wins? I thought you had him at like eleven. I could be wrong. I think it was ten or eleven, and I'm not changing that. There you go. They still have. They still have really? to play the Chiefs. They still got uh, four more division games. Yes, I know the division's bad, but it's still a division this game. You, never know it. you still don't ever know what can happen. Oh, stop it. I'm telling you right now, I am picking it. When it happens, I am picking the Cowboys in the Survivor to beat the Giants. <laughs> I'm just telling nope. you right now, if I can make it that far to whatever week that is, that is my pick, and I am not picking the Cowboys until that week. You're going to be by yourself on that one. I ain't joining you on that. But anyway, all right, Dave Hastings, last words. I I, I uh, wanted to uh, say thank you, Mike. I did get your voicemail. really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm sorry you came late, brother, but yeah. No, no, no. no. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, other than that, I, I think uh, 
as always, I'll just say it's a pleasure to be here and uh, look forward to joining you guys next week. All right, man. Eric Tressler, final words. Uh, stay sweaty, everyone. Enjoyed uh, getting getting down and sweaty with you guys. So until uh, next week, I'll go shower and uh, we'll, uh, get ready to uh, again. That's to, good. We're starting to run out of that sweaty weather, Eric. It's fucking cold. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, man. Don't worry. I'm in I'm in my basement with my computers, and I'm just sweating away here, looking at all this nerdy goodness of sports and numbers. <laughs> stay sweaty, my friend. Yes. And I am Mike Agliolaro. Once again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to everybody for joining us. We will see y'all next week.